Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Frey Podcast. Brought to you by thefray.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm going to be speaking with you about the different types of health that we all have within our life, but we sometimes forget to check in and kind of perform a little bit of a self audit on just how we're going, where we're sitting with all of the different things that really do contribute to our overall sense of health and happiness. Now, before I dive into encouraging you to specifically think of those areas and we're going to touch on things like, yes, your physical, yes, your nutritional health, but also your sexual, your mental, your social, your workplace health, and a few other areas as well. But before we do that, I wanted to let you know that the reason I'm recording this episode is to do with the fact that this time of year is the time that we have World Health Day. And each year there is a different kind of focus for World Health Day. This year, the focus is very reasonably and necessarily so on the planet. And so we do have some resources in the show notes for you so that you can jump over to the World Health website and just familiarize yourself with their mission for this year in terms of bringing attention towards how we can really support and help our planet right now. Global attention is going to be focused on keeping human humans and the planet healthy. So before I dive into talking about those other areas that I just mentioned, I wanted to offer a couple of tips at an individual level that you can do fairly easily, you know, without much friction at all from home, which can actually support the planet health. Um, and these are things that I've been working on myself as well. I don't always get it right, but it is something that I'm mindful of and that I'm striving towards. And I think if we all just do our part, if we all do a little bit, it definitely adds up. So a couple of those things include um, focusing on buying less plastic. So when you're doing your grocery shopping, really being aware of how many items you're buying that come packaged and is there an option to buy things like the exact same thing that doesn't come in plastic such as you know buying a six pack of apples that comes in a convenient plastic bag with a little handle do you need to do that or can you just buy the six loose apples and put them in a basket in your trolley those sorts of little swaps that really don't make a huge difference to you. You're still getting the same product, the same end result. It's just like a tiny little deviation from what might be your standard go-to move. 
So just being mindful of those sorts of things, of course, buying from local suppliers, your local fruit and vegetable, um, like your local farmers, your local butchers, those sorts of things, being mindful of reusable and sustainable packaging. So that's taking your reusable bags to do your groceries or baskets, those sorts of things. Um, again, being mindful of packaging when it comes to your fast moving consumer goods. So if you're buying a packet of, I don't know, crackers, soy crisps, pretzels, almonds, those sorts of things, can you actually buy them in like a, like a scoop out kind of function and again, put it into your own sustainable containers versus using the plastic bags, just little swaps like that being mindful of electricity usage, um, being aware of how and where you might be wasting power unnecessarily, also walking more places or using public transport when you have the option to do so. And on the World Health website, they talk about how tobacco is a massive polluter as well of, of course, not being great for your health. So if you happen to be still using tobacco, you might want to consider not. And I'm sure that there are probably no listeners right now who are actually using tobacco if I know the listenership well. But those were just a couple of tips that I wanted to include in honor of World Health Day and the focus being on the planet and the things that we can in fact do to help and do our little part. So in line with World Health Day and when I was planning episodes, I wanted to record this one and focus on health but the different areas of health and to encourage you to really ask yourself and to define for yourself what health means for you. And and I think when we hear the word health, we often associate that with our physical state of being or the way we present outwardly to the world or just kind of like our general base level of health. Like, do we have a cold? How are we feeling? That type of thing, our general wellness. But health is, of course, an umbrella term for so many areas of life. So you might like to grab a pen and paper or keep your notes section handy if you can do that you know, depending on what you're up to right now, or maybe you just want to mentally engage in thinking about these different areas. And I would encourage you as I'm talking about these areas to just kind of check in with yourself and really dig deep and rate how you feel you are going in these areas. So when I say rate, it could be that you just assign a word to it or you go for a good old out of 10 rating system or, you know, five stars or whatever, whatever feels good for you. But some sort of measure to check in and just really place where you're at. Because if we don't acknowledge where we are, it's hard to move the needle, you know, we can kind of be in denial. So as I'm speaking about these different areas, if something comes up for you and you're like, oh fuck, like I haven't really thought about that in a long time, you might like to just sort of make a note next to that type of health and rate it. And if you do that for all of these areas, I think I've got 10 in front of me, have a look then. And if you imagine it going into a chart where are you falling behind? What areas of your health could do with a little more time and attention, some more resources? 
um, to kind of bring them up a little bit if they are important for you. Now, this might be something that you like to do with your partner as well, like sitting down and going through these areas of life and just really assessing where you're at and where your partner's at. And are there things that you can do to improve those areas for yourself individually, but also for yourself as a unit too? So of course, let's start with the obvious one, which is physical health. Um, So how are you feeling in your body? Do a bit of a scan, like from your tippy toes right up to your hairline and just check in with your physical state. Have you been experiencing any aches or pains, things you're complaining about, ailments? Do you physically feel able to keep up in the way that you want to in life? Such as if you have young children, are you able to keep up the pace with them, chase them around, lift them up without hurting yourself. Because, you know, I can remember before having kids and people would say like, oh, keeping up with my kids, you know, is what keeps me fit. And I was kind of like, well, how? Like they're so little, but it's true. You need to have a strong core to lift your kids up well. If you have good physical health, if you feel good in your body and you can chase them up a slide, roll down a hill with them, jump in the pool, go to a trampoline place with them, those sorts of things really can add so much richness to the relationship that you have with your children. I've said this before, but you know, our bodies are our vessels for experiencing things in life. We have to look after them. So have you been complaining about a pain in your back? Is there something that's been bothering you or that like prevents you from engaging in life fully that you just haven't gotten around to treating or exploring? Because this could be like your sign to book in with that specialist and take care of it. Is it time to just have a physical with your doctor, which I feel like makes me sound like such an old person being like, do you need to have a physical? But really, if you have a family history with a certain condition or disease, you know, have you gone and spoken to your doctor about it now that you're in your late 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s? Is it time to just check in? Are you performing your breast checks? Are you checking for lumps? Um, have you had a skin check? Is there a suspicious mole that you're worried about or a spot on your skin? Do you need to pause this episode right now and book in with a skin clinic? Um, that's something that we need to do, especially in Australia, because if you can catch a skin cancer early on, like there's nothing better than that. Like you have to know, are you up to date with your pap smears? Um, do you need to have blood tests done just to check your levels? You know, when I had a blood test, um, a couple of months ago and it revealed how low I was in iron and iron stores, that was really helpful because I was then able to have an iron infusion, which makes such a difference to my mood, my cognitive reasoning, the way that I feel my endurance, all of those things. So Do you need to go and have an allergy test? Like are there things when it comes to your physical health that have been on your mind? Have you been on a certain medication for a while? Do you need to speak with your doctor and see if that's the right medication? Do you need to book in with your dentist? Um, Has it been a lifetime since you've had a massage? Like those sorts of things that really look after your vessel. Next up, 
mental health. So when I say mental health, I'm talking emotional, psychological, and cognitive well-being. I'm talking about your ability to cope with day-to-day tasks. I'm talking about whether or not you feel as though you've been struggling or drowning. You know, if you feel like you're treading water and you're just keeping your head above water, it might be time to really focus in on your mental health, your emotional needs. Um, And the opposite end, if you have noticed that you've made improvements and you can see growth and, you know, perhaps maybe you are all of a sudden aware that you've come through depression or that you're on the right medication, just checking in with that and recognizing the improvements that you've made and just kind of celebrating those victories. If you feel like you're emotionally not coping well and you're not thinking clearly and maybe you're having big reactions um, or you're just feeling like you have low resilience right now, do you need some support and help? And that could be in the form of just talking to your loved ones and telling them how you're feeling or it could be a step further you know and going and seeing your doctor and getting a referral to a therapist which I cannot recommend enough I am the biggest advocate for therapy Um, I think it's like the best thing you will ever invest in if you've been feeling helpless and hopeless lately if things feel bleak please go and check in with someone I want you to think about your level of enjoyment in life and again, your ability to cope when things don't go well and to think rationally and clearly and to just notice what is your internal monologue? Like what is your internal story about yourself and about life? What is that right now and how healthy and how much is it serving you? What would you rate that out of 10 or out of, you know, how many stars would you give that? If five stars is you're feeling really great and you're feeling sure of yourself and psychologically sound and thinking clearly, if that's five stars, where would you put yourself? Because if you're thinking like, oh, things feel really grim, I'm struggling, I'd put that at a one or a two star, please go and get help straight away. I will have links in the show notes for you, but I think the best port of call is to get into your GP ASAP um, and just get that referral to go and speak with someone because, yeah, life doesn't have to be heavy and hard and you don't have to struggle on your own. If you're not struggling but just want to consider where you're at with your mental health, ask yourself, you know, are you doing the work? Are you aware of your triggers and your stories and your conditioning and your past beliefs? Do you have past traumas to work on that might be sitting below the surface? Sometimes when we are not doing so well mentally, it can come out in other ways, such as leaning into unhelpful behaviors like um, like numbing out, disassociating, disengaging, um, Drinking, using substances, overeating, undereating, engaging in toxic behavior, um, self-sabotaging, self-harm. Those are all indicators that your mental health isn't in a great place right now and there's nothing to be ashamed of at all. 
like nothing to be ashamed of. It could be to do with going through really difficult experiences. It could be a chemical and like processing imbalance in your brain and your body. Back to what I said in the physical health, I know when I'm low in iron, like my enthusiasm and engagement is so on the floor. Like it's just beyond. I'm hardly there. I feel like a zombie. So there are sometimes physiological reasons why your mental health isn't doing so well. You know, are you experiencing brain fog? All of those things. I just can't stress it enough that you don't have to feel that way. Next up, social health. So social health is our ability to interact and form meaningful relationships and connections. It can also be to do with the comfort level that you have in social settings and just in relationships in general. It's important, I think, to note that there are links between having connections and healthy relationships and health outcomes. So loneliness is a big one. I don't think people realize how dangerous loneliness can be to our overall health and happiness. There are experts who link the feeling of being lonely to being as bad for your physical health as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Being lonely is not a good way to be all the time. I think we all go through moments of feeling disconnected and lonely, but if you feel a deep loneliness please, please explore what is going on for you and rate your social health accordingly because that's an area that you need to give some attention and consideration to. And you can feel lonely when you're in a relationship. You can feel lonely when you are surrounded by children. You can be lonely when you are in a room filled with people. Loneliness is not always dependent upon physical company or your ability to actually you know, reach out and engage in dialogue. Loneliness can be like a really deep soul yearning that you can experience even when you're in relationships. So just be mindful of that. Socially being healthy can mean treating others and also being treated with respect It's maintaining friendships and it's also developing new connections as well. It's also about being yourself in all different scenes and settings, not feeling as though you're continually being a chameleon and adapting. So there's obviously a degree there when it comes to social health that is about who you're connecting with and how you're connecting. But I really think that it's also about how you feel about yourself, your own connection to self, your, your sense of yourself and knowing yourself. Because if you know yourself and you believe in yourself and you are who you are in all different scenes and settings, that's going to help you have that confidence and belief in your capacity to handle social settings well. If you're experiencing social anxiety, Don't be ashamed of that. So many people do. And there are things you can do. There are um, techniques you can learn to help break through that social anxiety and to improve upon it. It's not a death sentence. It doesn't mean you're always going to feel that way. Um, Boundaries are an important part of social health as well. 
and so is contribution. So what are you contributing to the friendships and relationships and community um, and workplace that you have as well? Because you want to feel as though you are a valuable member of any social interaction that you're having. I also think a mixture of social engagements is important, such as those deep soul one-on-one um you know, really feeling seen and heard and going deep um, exchanges, that's important. And whether or not you're having that with the people that are closest to you or whether you're having that with a therapist or, you know, sometimes you can have a really deep exchange with someone that you'll never see again. But it's important to be having those soul connections. And I think it's important to have the lighter connections as well. The hi, how are you? Um, How's the weather? Like the light stuff is important too. So just really think about where you sit when it comes to your social health. Next up is spiritual health. So spiritual health, I would put religion, faith, and belief sort of under that that heading there of spirituality. So it yeah, if you have a strong connection to religion or if you just have a belief in the universe, you know that something bigger exists a connection to something bigger something higher than yourself um spiritual health i would also put nature in there studying like if you want to study a religion study um different practices different ways of being practices as i said so it could be meditations um just where do you sit right now with your connection to something bigger than yourself. So it could be a connection to the planet, as I said at the start of this episode, or it could be a connection to whatever, whoever, however you identify God to exist if you do identify that. I think spiritual health is about connection to a deeper meaning in life. And if we have a connection to something bigger than ourselves, I think it can help with a sense of peace and calm and like yeah we're part of this we're all in this together which can help to breed empathy uh can give you clarity can also help with self-actualization it's meaning it's purpose it's all of those things it's understanding that you are a human having a human experience and whatever your faith is whatever you believe in just where are you right now in life Do you need to incorporate some practices where you are looking inwards a little more or you're looking outwards for guidance? Like just check in with yourself there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Next up, sexual health. So sexual health is about having a positive view of your sexuality. It's a relationship with your body. It's connection to enjoyment and pleasure. It's knowing your sexual organs. It's knowing your cycle. 
understanding where you're at in your menstrual cycle, excuse me, and knowing what that means for your, yes, your physical state, but also like as in what's going on in your body, what your body's doing for you at any given time, but also how that connects to the way you relate to people, your emotional states. That's been like one of the biggest unlocks of my 30s is understanding my cycle and what I need at different times. It's also about self-care in protection from STDs. Sexual health is just, I guess, your overall happiness with your sexuality, your sex life, how you're feeling about your body, how well you know your body, um, knowing your sex organs, knowing the right names, knowing what they do, looking at your body, it's access to health care. Sexual health can also include really connecting with and working through past traumas, whether those are emotional. Like if, you know, when you think of sex, if there was something a partner said years ago that is holding you back in any way, shape or form now from enjoying sex, like sometimes someone can make a really flippant comment about your body part or the way that you are in bed and then it could hold you back and play on your mind and then you could attach to this story, this version you have of yourself that's not necessarily even true. So it's like what's coming up for you when you think of your sexual health or it could be to do with physical conditions, maybe from having kids. Maybe you've experienced prolapse and you need to get in and see a women's physio, like a, um, yeah, a women's health expert to help you repair any post, um, postnatal injuries that you might've experienced. Or if you've been sexually abused in the past and you've never worked through that, there are so many stories of women who develop um, and this is purely anecdotal obviously I'm not a doctor but I've heard from women who have experienced sexual trauma and the way that then shows up in actually their ability to enjoy um, and to function well when it comes to their sexual organs sexual dysfunction if you're experiencing that as a couple you know, there's, again, no shame in it, but there are so many experts and so many things that you can explore. It's feeling respected. It's regular sexual checks, particularly if you are not in a long-term relationships, relationships, relationship, it's going and getting your checks and being on top of it. It's whatever contraception feels right for you, being informed and being in control and being in charge of the contraception that you use and being at peace with it. You know, I've spoken to countless women who have been on the pill for years because they don't feel like they can speak up and say to their sexual partners that they want them to use a condom because, you know, they don't want to have that potentially awkward exchange, but yet they don't feel good about taking the pill, but they've chosen that, like that's the lesser of two evils. So it's really about just being comfortable, truly comfortable with whatever choice you are making and being informed as well. Next up is your financial health. So financial health, financial literacy, your day-to-day spending habits, perhaps where you're at with your budgeting, do you need to sit down and do a proper budget? 
Do you have short-term and long-term goals? Do you feel like you have a good grip on financial literacy and your position? Do you need to get some help in the form of a financial planner or someone to assist you with budgeting or paying off debt? If you've got debt that you just keep ignoring, but it's like mentally weighing you down, you might find that getting a plan together to pay off that debt is so much less stressful than carrying the mental load of having that tab on your mind and just continually stressing you out. Taking some action and addressing it can be really helpful. Thinking about your money mindset. Do you have any money blocks, which would be to do with like your money story? So when I say money blocks, that's a term I picked up years ago from Denise Duffield Thomas. I've not taken in any of her content in years and years but when the boys were really little I started listening to her stuff and again that's Denise Duffield Thomas I know for sure her content years ago was really helpful for me in understanding what is my relationship to money and also anyone I'm in a relationship with what is their relationship like because some people have a real abundance mindset when it comes to money and that's probably to do with their childhood Other people have a scarcity mindset when it comes to money. And again, that probably stems from their childhood. So it's just understanding what is your story. Do you tell yourself that you're not good at managing money? Do you tell yourself that one day the money's going to stop coming in so you feel like you have to be really vigilant and on guard all of the time? Sorry about that aircraft going over. Unfortunately, I can't control that. Um... Also, I would encourage you to check in and ask yourself, what is your personal version of a rich life? There is a great author, and I think he's a financial advisor. I could be wrong on the correct term for him, but he's a financial bro. He's a finance bro. His name is Ramit Sethi, and he has a book that is called I Can Teach You How to Be Rich or I Can Make You Rich, something like that. It's kind of a bit of a pithy title, but Ramit Ramit Sethi, I first heard him on the Tim Ferriss podcast, and I just fell in love with his outlook on financial competence and financial literacy and his relationship with money. And I remember hearing him say, it's so important to ask yourself, what is your version of a rich life? You know, because some people are busting their butts to get a mortgage, but that's not going to make them happy. What's going to make you happy? Is it going to be renting and having that freedom and flexibility of knowing that you're not in charge of big maintenance issues and that you can pick up and move if you want to, and that there's that excitement and freedom? Or is your version of a rich life having that stability of having, you know, the nest egg and the mortgage? And it's about removing your judgment and other people's ideals. And it's like, what's important to you? You know, and he talks about how he rents, even though he could afford to have properties. And he talks about the way that he spends his money is he likes to have someone who can plan his trips for him and book all of his traveling. Um... So it's like just checking in with yourself. If you could allocate your funds any which way, what's important for you? You know, if you could choose between a cleaner or a personal trainer or um, someone to help with life admin or a chauffeur, whatever, like these are obviously like pie in the sky type things. 
but it might just tell you what's important to you and then help you reassess and organize your finances to honor your version of a rich life. Is your version of a rich life being able to go out and socialize freely or is it knowing that you've got a certain amount of money in the bank at any given time? Only you can know that and only you get to decide that. Intellectual health is another area that I would encourage you to just check in with yourself. How stimulated are you feeling with your intellectual level? <laughs> Which sounds like a very unintelligent sentence, so maybe I need to focus on my intellectual health. Are you learning? Are you growing? Are you curious about certain topics? Do you feel as though you are challenging your brain at times or do you feel like you're leaning more towards mind-numbing exercises? You might find it really interesting to switch scrolling on Instagram for things like, um, like brain training apps and Wordle and all that sort of stuff. I personally am not... Like, I just am not like a gamer in that way. It's not gaming. But, you know, I've never been someone who enjoys the challenge of a crossword or Sudoku or I was going to say Minecraft, but that's that's not right. Minesweep? I don't know. Whatever that game is. Um, but I like to challenge myself or improve my intellectual health by listening to people who are far more intelligent than I am in areas that I'm curious about. So that can be in the form of podcasts, videos, books, documentaries. Um, but just check in with yourself. And are there things that you want to learn? Do you want to learn a language? Do you want to challenge yourself in some way? Next up, I couldn't not include your nutritional health. I think when it comes to nutrition, and again, obviously not a nutritionist, nor a dietitian, nor am I giving specific advice here, but I would just encourage you to rate your enjoyment and your energy level when it comes to nutrition. Are you enjoying the foods and the drinks that you're consuming? Do you feel good at the end of most days? Um, do you have a healthy relationship? Do you have a good balance in terms of you can enjoy things, but mainly eat well. And well is a subjective term. Well for one listener would be vegan. Well for another listener could be like paleo and lots of meat. I don't know, like a carnivore type thing. I think that we're all so unique and there is not a one size fits approach, but I would encourage balance and a general awareness of feelings and food because your food really can impact your mood, um, your ability to process, all of that stuff. If you are in a change in life in terms of maybe you are perimenopausal, maybe you are in the postpartum state, you've just had a bub and you're breastfeeding, or maybe you're training for like, I don't know, a triathlon or a marathon. Um, if you have gone through a recent change, it might be worth just doing, I don't know, you could do your own research, but also you could certainly speak with a nutritionist or a naturopath or a dietitian, whatever feels right for you about you know, just your intake and are there things that you need to supplement because you're missing like a big area. Or are you under-eating? Are you over-eating? Are you using food as a way to self-sabotage? If that's a yes for you, let's go straight back to the mental health 
check in and get yourself some support. You do not have to live that way. And so many women do. Um, So yeah, just your overall nutritional health, your enjoyment and your energy. You shouldn't be cooked every day. You shouldn't be exhausted every single day. And if you are, maybe you're simply not getting enough calories, enough macronutrients and enough micronutrients in to support all that you are doing. Busy mums, especially stop living off your children's crust. Stop living off your kids' leftovers, the dregs of their lunch boxes. Start packing yourself snacks and food. Make yourself a priority. Um, can't stress it enough. <laughs> Next up, your work health. Are you feeling challenged in your work, but challenged in a good way? So you're not dreading going to work. You actually enjoy it. Um, What is work for you? Is work just something that you're doing to make money? And if so, that's fine. I don't think that we all need to have jobs where it's like, oh, our jobs light us up 100% of the time and we never work a day in our life. Like sometimes it's just, something that you do, but then you get fulfillment from other areas of life. What is work to you and how healthy do you feel in your workplace? Do you feel rewarded and valued and heard? Do you enjoy it? Are you feeling respected? Is it what you want to be doing? And that's what do you want to be doing? Not what do you think you should want to do? Or do you think other people want from you? Do you need to have a chat with your employees about growth opportunities or how you're going, how you're feeling in your role? Just a little check in with self. Last and not least, and look, I'm sure there are many other health categories we really could keep extrapolating and extrapolating and make this the never-ending podcast. But as you can hear, my voice won't handle it. So the last category is fun and vision. Where are we at with fun for you? Do you have anything that comes to mind? If I was to ask you directly, point blank, what do you do for fun? I have recorded a whole episode on this. It's coming out very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that one. If you're kind of like, like scratching at your chest and your neck and itching your arms and being like, fuck, I don't have anything fun. Don't worry. I've got a whole episode coming up, but it could just be worth asking yourself, what was fun for you when you were a kid? What actually is fun? Is it spontaneity? Is it creativity? Is it laughing until you cry? What makes you laugh? You know, do you have a sense of humor where you love comedy shows or do you have a sense of humor where you like storytelling or where you need to be doing something physically to feel like you can have fun are you having fun when you have sex to circle back to your sexual health next up and also just on fun like where does your fun um venn diagram cross over with the people in your life so If you imagine a Venn diagram, if you're like, what the hell is she talking about? A Venn diagram is like two circles and then you merge them together and there's a little crossover in the middle. That's where Venn diagrams cross. And so what I mean by that is we all have different versions of fun. For your kids, playing hide and seek might be really fun. But for you, that could be about as exciting as sticking a needle in your eye. But finding where there is family fun crossover, same with your partner, They might like to go 
um, mountain biking as their version of fun. And again, you would literally rather stick a fork in your eye. But where is the crossover? Is it going to a comedy show? Is it laughing over a movie and just being cognizant of your Venn diagrams? What would you put in that area where there's crossover and how can you get more of that? Because fun is great for connection. The other part of this last point was vision. What is your health level with vision right now for yourself in terms of short-term and long-term goals? You might be in a place where you're just enjoying coasting and that's fine. So you don't need to rate yourself low on vision because you're happy, you're content. But if the thought of not having short-term goals or just that awareness of, oh, I don't really know where I'm going or what I'm doing makes you feel a little uncomfortable, you could rate it lower and then know that it's something that you need to check in with. And that doesn't mean that you need to drag yourself and feel bad about it, but it could be like, do you need to create a vision board? Do you need to talk with someone about your career trajectory, your financial trajectory? Um, Do you need to just spend a bit of time thinking, a bit of time daydreaming about what you actually want from life? You know, in the blueprint program, that's one of the things I encourage people to do is like blue sky dreaming. What would you do if you could do anything? You know, if you could wave a magic wand, what would life be like for you? In the blueprint, I talk you through how to create a vision board. If you don't have a vision board, get the blueprint, get yourself sorted get a vision board happening. It can add so much to your health and happiness just to actually have a clear intention, a clear vision of what you enjoy in life. You know, and if the thought of creating a vision board is a bit like, oh, I don't really even know what I like, don't fear because in the blueprint, I talk you through step by step, literally how to start if that is how you are feeling. And there are so many options. There are so many different ways to do it. The blueprint can also really help your overall health and happiness as well, because it's about looking inwards. We take you through your beliefs um, from childhood, beliefs that you need to put down, beliefs that you might want to pick up. We take you through rewriting your narrative, your story, and how that can line up with your values. If you do not know your top values in life, it's very hard to feel fulfilled and to make choices that are going to align with a life of contentment and satisfaction. If point blank, you don't know what you value most in life, that's a really great starting place. And in the blueprint, you will find an exercise that will take you through that. And at the end of the exercise, and it's not laborious at all, like you can easily do it within half an hour. But at the end of that exercise, you will have three to five words that you can tattoo on your forehead (laughs) or at least write on your mirror or in your journal that will be um, your anchor, your North Star and keep bringing you back to the decisions that you're going to make across these areas in life. Because if you identify that you value vitality, how helpful is that when you're thinking of nutrition? You know, because it's like vitality. What does that mean in nutrition? It certainly doesn't mean always calorie counting. Vitality means enjoyment and excitement and anticipation. So if you know your value words and then review these 10 areas that I've mentioned today, that's going to take it to a whole other level. 
So if you don't have your own copy of the blueprint, absolutely jump over to thefray.com and I will give you um, a discount code as well because I like to look after our podcast listeners. So if you use the code podcast, all in capitals, you will get 15% off the blueprint. So it is something that you receive instantly. And you will also receive a workbook that you can print because I'm mindful of not wanting to use up too much ink or too much paper. If you do want to print it out, you don't need to print it out. You could just do it straight into a journal. And also you don't even need to read it if you don't want to because you have unlimited access to the audio file. So if you enjoy the podcasts that are specifically about self-efficacy and self-reflection, you have like four hours of audio with a blueprint speaking specifically about topics for you. So that code again for the blueprint is podcast, all in capitals at thefrae.com. I hope this has been a helpful episode. I really look forward to hearing from you over in our free Facebook group. Link is in the show notes and I will talk with you very soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.